0: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're sitting down with David Mosley. Before we get started, don't forget to like and subscribe and check out our YouTube channel. If you like what you're seeing and you want to help support us, our featured athletes, coaches, and our guests, make sure to subscribe and share their stories. We are powered by Spirit Leaf Waterdown, located at 64 Hamilton Street North in Waterdown, Ontario. If you're looking for Canada's top cannabis stop, Look no further than it. Alex and his crew at Spirit Leaf Waterdown. With their knowledgeable staff, you're going to find all the THC and CBD products of the highest quality there. Online curbside pickup is available, and don't forget to like our Instagram and their Instagram, and you'll save some money. The links will be in the podcast. We are also sponsored by Project Xcard. Giving the gifts of jujitsu is important. Project Xcard has been helping the underprivileged youth in Toronto. Get connected to Jiu-Jitsu throughout the GTA and continue to do so even throughout the pandemic. If you know anybody who would benefit from the gifted of Jiu-Jitsu, make sure that you contact us or Project XRD and we'll help get them started with some amazing instructors. Thanks everybody and enjoy the show.
1: Now it is right. It's tough times. Tough times. tough times. We're this close to turning an OnlyFans, pants. <laughs> <laughs> this close. All
0: right, hold on. a Second, let's just get everything. What right. what what's,
1: what sweater you got on there? Look like you just went running or something. Like, are you? No, it's
2: just super cozy. It's like the Hyperfly jutsu built sweater. It gets oh, all the back.
0: Nice.
2: Yeah, no, it's comfy.
1: Hey, you got you got any coding for me? For us? My, my
2: knees are my knees are too old for running. I don't run anymore.
1: <laughs> my knees are too <laughs> Can't old. handle. Who's running? Who runs? Yeah. Not practical. I, I, right? I, I, I hate you
0: know. running. I can't stand it. And I remember like back in the day like before i used to run all the time especially like in the winter time i'd put the long johns on go do those runs make weight for tournaments and all that kind of crap and then now yeah. i'm like no i ain't doing that
2: <laughs> no, no I'll, I'll put a sweater on like under my gear or something or over my gear and drill before i'm before i'm running there's no way like yeah
1: no no yeah, no not I'm not, I'm not doing any cardio whatsoever right now. I'm just lifting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just lifting. Yeah. I think I've gained like 30 pounds in like a year. <laughs> I think I'm two. I think I'm like two, almost 220 now. <laughs> Are you 220? Dude, <laughs> I'm all right. <laughs> I was like two, uh, oh, I'll wait myself so after. I think I was like 217, like a couple days ago. It
2: doesn't take much. And especially like the last year, we've all kind of just been like sitting around. It's like I didn't realize how much like, traveling to and from makes a difference even just my weight I was like now I'm like on the couch I'm like I could stay here all day and I have nothing going on like I just need to move to get food and go back and forth and that's it so it's pretty easy to stack (laughs) on the weight when like your cardio is just going to the fridge and back right like
1: (laughs) it's just a sloth it's a sloth life right now so bad it's so bad too
0: because it's like even just like You know for all guys who were probably like training you know training one two times a day if anything and then just going to a streaking halt and even if you're doing like privates or something like that there's nothing like that's not when you're teaching it's a totally different muscle you're not really working out you're not training at all it's just it's just doing fuck all (laughs) yeah
2: I mean, at least like with the the private and teaching. It's like even just leaving the house or having like a change in setting or like just interact with new people. Aside from like the the three people that I'm talking to normally, it's like oh, people, like, this is nice. Like
1: <laughs> I remember when you used to be able to to see people,
2: <laughs> right? Years ago, it feels like.
1: Well,
0: so- the, the scary thing, too, especially because we'll get into a bunch of stuff we'll unpack today, but the scary thing is, like, we're rocking into February. So think about we're almost a month away from this whole thing starting in a, a year. Like, that's yeah. how crazy everything is going. And I remember, what? like, when it first came into play, oh, like, we're not shutting down. Just guys, hey, we go to – we'll be fine. We just sweat it out. Everybody feels fine. We just sweat <laughs> yeah. it out. You feel great. And then now it's just like, come guys haven't trained in a full year. Like it's crazy.
2: Yeah. I actually just got the phone with someone who's like, I haven't tied my belt in like 11 months. And I was like, oh. like, <laughs> that sucks. Like I I was lucky enough that I just kept training. Um, just with my girlfriend at her place. She's had like puzzle piece math. So never really stopped. But like, I do remember when it first happened, I was like, Oh, this would be kind of nice. It'll be like, maybe like, a month off of work or something or like two weeks off of work it'll be like a vacation that I wouldn't normally force myself to have and then looking back now you're like holy shit you're you're still on on
1: vacation after all this this is a great vacation (laughs) when's this vacation gonna end
2: (laughs) it's getting kind of long now like
1: (laughs) it's getting kind of low where is everybody hello yeah no
0: i i'm definitely down for this being over i had enough vacation to be honest with you completely but it is what it is what can you yeah, do yeah
2: i think florida's looking real nice right now seeing past the open invitation to for any canadian guys to come down train i was like oh i when nate left i had serious fomo and he was like my main training partner at the time so he left and i was like what am i gonna do now so I, when he was there i was like oh that's <laughs> a dream i I like i wouldn't even compete i should have just gone though i regret not going like what for yeah. you know but oh, yeah I'm
1: nathan uh, no we did a pop we actually did a podcast with nathan uh not not yeah. so long ago and he, he gave you a shout out he might he might have buried you and said something along the lines of like he doesn't really pay attention to like lighter weight classes he didn't know if you're like a rooster weight or <laughs> he was just yeah like, he always does <laughs>
2: i like, yeah, I'm like 10 pounds heavier this week than last week. He's like, I don't know how much you weigh again. He's like underneath, like under middle. He's like, I don't keep track anymore. So he never, <laughs> never has any idea what the little guys are up to, you know?
1: Middle weight and under, I don't pay attention.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's like, I literally have, you guys are all a blur under middle weight. Like it's all the same.
1: There. So,
0: so, so let me ask you this because um, obviously with the newest travel ban coming out with the canadian government and all that kind of stuff and obviously trying to get people not to travel and saying hey if you can go but if you come back you're going to be spending minimum three days in a hotel at our choosing plus a covid test um i don't know how do you feel about that do you think that's going to discourage people from actually going out to go travel you know take those opportunities to go to florida to train or is it just kind of like all right everybody's kind of stuck here till april that's basically what is being lifted.
2: Yeah, I feel like it's definitely going to try and deter people. I just, What I don't get is why I didn't just do it, like, from the beginning. Like, if you want to – if we were in lockdown, why wouldn't that be the first thing that you would, like, you know, shut down international travel? But I don't know. Yeah, it's, like, now I guess it is going to limit people because I was thinking that as well. I was, like, okay, even if I do go to Florida, it's, like, sure, you get, like, a couple weeks of good training – uh, but then coming back, you're expected to quarantine. At least you could do that from the comfort of your own home. But now I don't know. Would they even if you came back, would you still have to quarantine at a hotel, or could you at least go yeah. home? At, like
1: no, you're, you to
0: hotel
2: first.
1: Hotel, get a negative test, go home, and then you still have to isolate. I, I'm just wondering what hotel they're making everybody stay at for two grand. Is it like seven star, like Ritz Carlton downtown? Is it like the King Edward? I doubt it. Like,
2: geez, like, yeah, like what else? Yeah, probably a pull out, pull out couch somewhere. Like, yeah, I mean, like, the, the thrill of being in a hotel might be kind of nice and remind you of a time when you could travel. So it's like, shit, maybe I would just go do it just for the thrill of being in a different setting. Like, all like, oh, this, it's like kind of like traveling for tournaments again, you know?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Not for that cost, though. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, like for two it, grand, it, fuck that. Wow. <laughs> and again, you're you're also paying for your um, COVID test too. So you, that's not supplied by the government. So you're gonna have to pay for that test. I don't know about like the rapid test or anything like that. Like it's it's like I get it. I, I understand yeah. the me- measure. but again, it's that same thing. Where it's like, well, why are we doing this now? Like, why wasn't this implemented so? so much time ago fuck over christmas for christ's sake like why didn't we do it then you know what i mean like it's like (laughs) at the
1: very least then like why wasn't this done like last year like yeah yeah the first thing
2: thing done like close the border let's stop getting people in here like yeah I, i don't know like i've had luckily access to some of the rapid tests so just for the sake of like continuing doing privates and some people being worried and stuff i'm trying to do like continual tests like once a week those are pretty cool though like they're you get your results in like 15 15 minutes i guess it is it's like it doesn't take long so. Oh, Nice. Yeah. Do you, so having so, those is definitely nice you, uh, where, a friend actually just had them so okay where do you where, right? do you
1: where do you get them from or where do they get them from? I
2: have no idea. I have no <laughs> idea where they got them. I don't ask questions. I'm just like, I'm thankful you have
1: them. Like it's a black it's you know, a black lineup. They <laughs> <Like, laughs> just open up the trench coat. I got your COVID up up the corner. Like, <laughs> yeah. And <laughs>
2: negatives. What do you want? I got them both. Like
1: I got positive, <laughs> negative. <laughs> yeah, so this he- is cool,
2: but like I don't know where to get them. So I'm just until those run out, I'm definitely gonna keep using them for the quick tests anyway, but
0: is it a nasal or is it something else?
2: No, it's like the insulin. So you like prick the uh, blood off your oh, finger okay. or whatever. Like and then, yeah, but sometimes I was like, I wasn't bleeding enough to, have to go through like literally all my fingers were like scabbed from like stabbing the multiple fingers trying to get enough blood for it to, to get like an accurate reading. But no, they're pretty good otherwise.
0: Did you see the meme where it was like in China they were like, oh, it's an anal swab? They got guys (laughs) bent over. It's like this new anal swab is more accurate than all the other ones.
2: Yeah, I'll stick to my my my, my, (laughs) if I can. Now (laughs) I don't think I'll be going for weekly ones if that's the (laughs) case.
1: Now, if there was mandatory anal swabbing when you landed at Pearson International (laughs) Airport. Would that deter you from traveling?
2: Does that deter or does that promote travel?
1: <laughs> it depends on how you look at it. I mean, I don't judge. <laughs> yeah, right?
2: I'm pretty open. So I mean, you know.
1: I'm open to it. It's 2021. You know, I'm open to some new ideas here. <laughs>
0: Okay, we're going to move off that topic. Yeah, (laughs) and moving on. (laughs) So, Dave, like, how did you kind of, like, get started, like, with uh, Nathan and obviously the Toronto BJJ crew? Like, how did that kind of all come into fruition?
2: Mm, So, it's kind of like a a small group of us that have been training together, uh, and we've kind of followed around um, our instructor at the time, Rob Vincenzo. Um. And then we had, like, tons of great gyms, and every gym I've trained at, like, I'm still, uh, like, I still have a good relationship with all the the head staff and coaching and everything, and I'm still in contact with all my previous coaches. Um, but I think we were just looking to be kind of competitive uh, or wanting to compete gi, no gi at, like, an international level. And uh, the gym we were at previously was just, like, a great MMA gym. So, at the time, there wasn't, like, a, a big kind of jiu team there, and we also... There's just no, no room for like many competitions or sponsorship or anything like that. So then we kind of just checked out a few other places, just wanted to get more of like a competitive gym that's more away from MMA and more mainstream like uh, jiu-jitsu, you know, more sport jiu-jitsu really. So all the gyms I've been at, like, have definitely learned a lot and, and taken away a lot from all the coaches and staff that we've been at, but we just kind of needed a more like structured um and gi as well. Just like there was a lot of no gi at MMA gyms and stuff, and so they have like a great no gi program. Uh, but we need that structure of the gi. Like I was like three years into jiu-jitsu four years into jiu-jitsu and I had never heard of what like a lasso was. The first time someone showed me a lasso was like, I was already almost a, a purple belt, and I was like, I've never seen this. What is this technique? Like never seen spider or I mean spider a little bit, but definitely when someone showed me a lasso, I was like a mind boggling concept. I was like, where have they been hiding these techniques from me? Like you know, so we just needed something that was more, like, structure in the gi uh, and kind of, like, opening up into that sport jiu-jitsu uh, exposure, I guess.
1: You have a gotcha. lot of experience – I think you have a lot of experience, like, doing gi jiu-jitsu, no gi jiu-jitsu. Like, do you have a preference? Um, like, mm-hmm. what kind of, like, style of training do you like? Like, what are your – Kind of your thoughts on gi versus no gi versus MMA? I know because I think you trained at a uh, grants before, right? And they're more like yeah, uh, they're a lot more MMA focused, no gi focused. Um, yeah, maybe maybe not so much gi focused, but you know, for yourself, like what are, what did you find were like the differences between the
2: all three? So starting from no gi, I actually prefer um, teaching and recommend people start in the gi. I think because just the way i think about it is the gi is a lot easier to structure um like a lot of principles and stuff so guard for example nogi you don't have like a lot of different ways to control Especially for beginners like you throw a beginner put him in bella nogi it's like he's holding onto someone's ankle it's like he's gonna get his guard passed immediately at least in the gi you can talk about like the grips and the control and i feel like it's just a lot easier to segue uh into different positions and and Easier to track people's progression, whereas I think Nogi is like, I don't know, I think Nogi is just like a lot harder. I, I enjoy Nogi more, and essentially I get that you're taking away things that you could do in the gi. So you're kind of simplifying Nogi in a way, it feels like, or simplifying Jutsu by bringing it to Nogi. I just think for beginners and for teaching purposes, I like to teach in the gi first. I feel like it's just easier to structure things that way. It's like an easier progression to track um and just more options so like going from like closed guard to spider whereas like no gi it's like okay someone opens their clothes guard you're like limited to like a few different kind of ways to control them and, and kind of cut your losses you know whereas the gi there's just like so many different guards or tools and, and controls available that for teaching anyway i definitely prefer gi to start just to help people with their progression and then once they're like a little bit more comfortable or have a better idea of like how that progression continues then like maybe introducing a, a bit more nogi but i definitely prefer i don't know to train like i do love the gi because again so many options but then sometimes i and, I, and the funny thing with gi is i won't even do nogi for majority of the year and then like nogi world comes up and i'm like oh i should like sharpen up some wrestling and do a little bit of nogi and then we usually do just like a month of nogi before nogi worlds and feel like it's enough like I mean admittedly I could probably put more into it but I feel like it's usually it's been enough to produce decent enough results or feel like I haven't missed too much of a step in no gi you know
1: you find mostly like if you're training gi like it transitions a lot easier into into your no gi game because I know you started doing probably a lot more no gi at first then transition to the gi which is what I kind of did and I was kind of like you and like somebody would lasso me and i'm like what the fuck is this i don't know get out yeah. of here give me my arm back <laughs> this is weird
2: <laughs> yeah definitely i think um it, it was a hard transition going from nogi to gi as well like someone showing you lasso and that just wasn't a thing before or even just spider like someone putting their foot in your biceps nogi you'd be like the hell did you throw the leg to the side like it'd be nothing and then suddenly you're just like stuck in this guy's guard just such a different style of guard to someone playing spider so i definitely think there was a lot of like a, a huge learning curve to get past going from nogi to to gi i just and then every now and then you train so much gi and like you, you feel really restricted especially once worm and like lapel became popular too you're like oh my god this is like terrible And so then going back to nogi i feel like i just feel so free i'm like there's so much movement like <laughs> You know and then you go back to gi and someone just like worms you and you're like what the hell is this like I'm so stuck like it sucks you know I actually feel like a couple guys who are pretty good both gi and no gi like as soon as like lapel kind of started getting bigger they're like all right gi is not for me anymore like I feel like I'm straying too far away from like the core of jiu-jitsu into now just like tying someone up with a piece of fabric where I can just like not even do too much a lot of times just kind of using it to, to stalemate a position sometimes so definitely feel like you'll lose people because of that or have lost people for sure because of that you know
0: do you feel that's the that's the sport side of it where it's like the competition rule set is kind of put them into that spot where okay i can win by stalling and not allowing the action to happen that's kind of like hampered the actual like growth of it or is it just kind of like you're in that kind of we're in that stage right now where people still haven't like figure out enough counters to it. So like, it's always that like that one part where the one side is better than the other side.
2: Um, Yeah, like it's, that's tricky. Cause I think jiu-jitsu is still growing as well, right? Like we're still coming up with like tons of new techniques concepts and positions and stuff. So I think inevitably like it's just going to grow and, and like the direction it's going to take for the rules is going to kind of stray a little bit from the core of like self-defense jiu mm-hmm. um but a lot of this also is like like i saw i think it was like it was a hickson i don't know i saw it was, a, it was an interviewer and they were like oh jitsu strayed too far from even the way we train jitsu it should be more like more direct like you should be simulating a fight but like to simulate these things aren't realistic to get as close as you want to practicing and simulating these kind of training a fight scenario you're basically doing mma so if you don't want to get punched in the face repeatedly or repeatedly sorry then like the best thing you can do is just roll and then naturally the more countering we are like the more i'm giving you jiu-jitsu reactions instead of like a street fighter reaction the more the game just like starts to elevate and evolve right So I think it's just like the nature of it that as the jiu-jitsu progresses, like we're just trying to find the safest way to practice and grow the technique and and evolve the sport. Right. I think it's kind of like inevitable. I mean, I still think lapel, like I'm playing lapel and stuff too, just so that I know it, like it's not my favorite game. And definitely I feel a bit of resentment when someone ties me up in lapel still, (laughs) Uh, but I know it's like, that's my ignorance. And I need to like develop that and get better. I yeah. still, even even when I do it, I'm like, oh, I see the lapel, I'm like, I'm such a coward. Like, I, but I know it's hard work, so like, I can't like neglect it. Like, I need to learn it. You know, we'll
1: grab that lapel. Uh, such a pussy. Yeah, I'm like, I hate myself yeah. for this, but I'm Ate still doing myself. it. Like, you're looking at the you mirror, know? you're <laughs> like, you're you're not gonna grab the lapel. You're not gonna grab the lapel. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
2: Flashback back to rolling i'm sitting there holding lapel like why am i doing this like (laughs)
1: Like, you know (laughs) so what you're saying is a barambolo in the street lapel guard in the street not a big fan
2: (laughs) Uh, it's just like hey like okay there's also a component of it too it's like if the skill gap is so huge between you guys you could do whatever whatever you wanted you know if you're if you're Mm. jiu-jitsu or like if as an mma fighter you're on such a completely another like different level than your opponent i'm sure you could Find some sort of crazy bolo from there, or like, okay, I'm sure it's there's no lapels to wrap, but like you could do anything you want. You could like surf on the guy, like, so it really like I think there's a time and a place for it, but I wouldn't say no. Like if the guy gives you a reaction in MMA and you bolo into the back, I oh, would you not take it if it's there, you know? Like obviously I wouldn't say suggest making your game trying to get the ball the bolo from on bottom in MMA, but like. I think there's a the time and a place for everything right and I think you'd be doing yourself a disservice if you're like oh I'm not gonna learn this because it's not uh, 100% applicable in like a self-defense scenario or you know you're still learning how your body moves and stuff right so I think it's still important to learn that stuff sadly I spent like a lot of blue belt like be like I'll never bowl like and purposely trying to like not <laughs> learn it and add it to my game and then now I'm like why are you so dumb I was like why wouldn't you just try to learn and like I just want to win. So I wouldn't like put an emphasis on like actually like learning and only now, like ten years into it, I'm looking back and like, well, that was probably a mistake. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, but that that's that's growing pains, right? You're always gonna look back and like, such a fucking idiot. Why didn't I learn how to wrestle <laughs> back then? Or whatever, right? Yeah, it's just like oh, just—I don't need to learn how to wrestle. I'll just do I'm judo or whatever, I'm, right? I'm, so,
1: I'm still looking in the mirror like, why did you learn how to wrestle, you pussy? <laughs> crazy, <laughs> stop crazy grabbing lapels and sitting down. <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> brutal! I, I remember training with Marco. We had um, Elvis. I, I fortunately I don't remember his last name, but the guy was like Olympic caliber la- wrestler, and he would run classes once a week. And I was like, ah, I don't need to go to those classes. I was so yeah. mad at myself. <laughs>
2: yeah. Like, I'm such an idiot. Wild. And, like, it's, it just, like, seems, like, so obvious looking back, like, oh, that's, like, a, a portion of my game that's, com- like, incomplete, you know? And I could invest the time and get better and become better as an athlete and be, like, no, I'm going to drill this, like, leg drag that I've been drilling to the last, like, whatever X amount of months or whatever. <laughs> Judo, too, same thing. I was like, ah. Oh. I was like, wrestling's really like more like judo's inferior to wrestling. And I did like basically six months of wrestling. So I'm set like for my entire Jitsu career now. You know, like six months of wrestling put me ahead of most people's like basic jiu-jitsu wrestling. I don't need to learn judo. And now I'm like, oh man, judo's pretty sick. Like I wish I had uh spent more time yeah. like working on that, you know. So but still young, I guess.
1: So still I fine. wanna so you brought up some like good points. Well, how would you if you were going back in time to your blue belt self, what would you tell them? What would you tell, you know, what would you tell yourself? But also like, how would you structure your training or how's that changed from what you're doing now to like, versus when you were training when you were like a blue belt?
2: Yeah. So wild. I think about this very often. It keeps me up at night actually. So I think about like, I feel like I literally wasted from, I say from blue belt to like brown even. I feel like all that time, was just wasted potential of, like, showing up, like, seeing a room full of guys, and be like, right, you and me are rolling, like, just roll all the hard guys, war with them, like, and just only try and win, and then after the yeah,
1: I I remember that, (laughs) 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 and
2: then then after, like, like, there's no reflecting, there's no looking back and being like, what could I have done better, where did the role go wrong like what did what could I have improved on oh what did what did Mike do that was so cool that like I can take away from that it was just like fuck I lost like I'm a poster or or just being like I'm the best I won you know it was like never for any sort of growth or like trying to better yourself it was always just 100% result of the role and like live or die off that like my day would be ruined if I had bad roles like and so it's like, if anything, you want that, you want to lose in the training. So you'd be like, oh, that was cool. How did this guy pass my guard? How did this guy do that? Instead of like thinking about it, I would just like, just go harder. Just go harder. I had like um, like one particular moment that <laughs> was like, forever ingrained in my memory because I rolled bread and he's like 6'6", was always technically like just, he, he understood it and I'm still just trying to win, win, win. And we had a roll and he he triangled me. And I remember just thinking, like, fuck, like, all right, go hard again. We reset. And I just went hard and he triangled me the exact same way. And in that moment, I probably should have been like, How is he doing this? What's he catching? And instead, I was like, Well, oh, I'm gonna kill him now. Now it's for real, though. And we just reset <laughs> and then he just triangled me again. And like, and the sad thing is, like, I only remembered and learned from that like years later. It's not even like I went home later and was like, Wow, I need to improve. I was just like, Man. I'm coming for him. I'm coming for, him. but I didn't stop and think like, how's he doing this? What am I doing wrong? What's he doing? Like, you know, how's he catching me in this position? I just, and it was at least three back-to-back triangles, like, like sequence, exact same every single time, and like it didn't even occur to me to stop and think like, how do you do that? You know, I just was like, just right away, just keep going, keep going. Who's where? And as soon as that round's done, I'm like, fuck, I lost. All right, where's the where's Darcy? Where's the next best guy to like to roll with? Like, you know, and and instead of like you know, just applying what you could learn in that round. So stupid, but I still think about it. And you can see I'm like passionate about it because it still bothers me that like this didn't even start happening until like maybe like, I don't know, a year, two years ago. Like I feel like even like right before the pandemic, I was like, wow, I can actually like learn stuff instead of just trying to kill people and like, you know, and, and basing my full existence off how the result of one round goes, you know, so...
1: <laughs> so basically, you're you're trying to be like the king of gym wins. <laughs>
2: oh, always, always. Like,
1: oh, I tap that guy out. He's a he's a purple belt. I'm a blue belt. Where's my fucking purple belt?
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: I, that I don't know. sucks. Like, he's a pussy. I,
2: I feel like for sure George was like for sure there was many lectures where he was like guys there's no podium like blah blah and I'm probably like standing in the lineup thinking like but if there was I'd be like somewhere on that
0: but,
1: you know I was like totally not like missing
2: the point completely like you know I'm, I'm for sure there was many speeches where he gave where he was for sure like please mostly like take something from this speech and I for sure was just staring at him like nodding like yeah yeah and then everything was just right over my head and it was back to warring it out the next day again you know
0: Right, George. George, I got it. I got. I got yeah, everything. Yeah,
1: yeah. Then no. <laughs> no, no, <I> no. <laughs> I think
0: every club has one person like that, though, for sure. And then again, if you get a bunch of guys like that, then it just becomes this manifest of guys just try to kill each other every time right or it's one guy and then the rest of them are just like all right we're gonna have to kill dave today like (laughs) (laughs) i think i
1: I think you need to you need a combination of you need competitive training like especially if if you're competing and you want to be a world champion in jiu-jitsu like you need to be around competitive guys you need that mindset some of the time,
2: yeah. I think yeah. I think
1: another part of the time, you need to be like breaking down jujitsu and being like, okay, well, I got caught like this four times in a row. I'm doing something here wrong, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> or I could just keep going harder. And I could. <laughs> it, it's
2: like you're saying, and I'm like, I'm hearing, it, I'm like, what idiot would think that, but then I'm just like, this was me till like like a year, like a year and a half ago, and it's like it's, it's like saying it back. I'm like, wow, it sounds so stupid or so obvious, but like. I think there's a a part where like there's the emotional attachment to the training too, where it's like, you're so invested in it. That's like to think of yourself is like losing around. It's like, Oh my God, I'm like doing it. Like I'm doing it wrong. I'm taking a step back. I'm getting worse. Like you're just so shit. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And possibly like the most like self deprecating person. I'm just like, something happens, I'm like, Oh shit. I'm so shit. Why am I so shit? Like, and just, like, reiterating that to myself. I'm like, oh, you're so shit. Like, crime swept you. Like, oh, you're so dumb. Like, how did that happen, you know? And, like, not even thinking in a positive, constructive way of, like, how did that happen so I could stop it from happening? Yeah, it's like, oh, you're just so shit. And that was always the answer. Just you're, just, I'm just shit, you know? It's like, <laughs> how did the guy beat me? Oh, it's because I'm shit. Like, you know, he's better than me. It's like, no, you can, like, break it down a step further and be like, he swept you with this every single time, you know? Like, maybe just don't get swept with that or, or position yourself differently, you know? But... Looking back, I, w- I wish I could go back. Like that would be my ultimate dream. I would just go back and be like, let's do this like the right way now, you know?
0: So yeah. having that type of mindset, like how, how, so like when you would do like positional based Spartan, for example, right? So if you're in the bad spot, you have to get out or whatever, like how were you able to keep the mindset of like a learning curve where, especially where all your rolling was that mentality? That's just a question.
2: Yeah. So I, I think like I was, I was always kind of like, uh, like I always was competitive, but I was never the best guy in the room. There's always like better guys in the room. So I think from when I started to, it was, that was always the case. Like when I started, most of the people I was training with, were, were already like blue belt and up. So I was always just losing to start. So people would just beat me up. And then I think uh, I actually started to enjoy, like part of the role and enjoying it was like, I liked escaping. I like the people will take my back. And then I have to like work out of these bad positions. Uh, and I think like, it was only really like after when I reflect on the role or after training or the end result of the role, like if I got submitted or the round ended it. And then in that moment of realization, like, oh, I fucking lost, you know? But I think there was a component of that that definitely was helpful in the sense of like the keep fighting out of like any situation, the round's not done until it's done. Like I definitely had people beat the shit out of me and beat me in tournaments, like or beating me in tournaments, like 20, nothing. And then I'd catch like a fluky guillotine at the end and then be like, yeah, I still fucking won, you know? Which is not maybe not always the best route, but uh, I think like that attitude of like of like constantly trying to fight. So even if you get your guard passed, like some guys have such good guards, and in training like not no one will pass their guard, but then on the off chance someone does, or when someone does eventually pass, I've seen people like tap. They've been just in bottom side, and they're like, oh yeah, you got me reset. It's like no, there's still like a huge component of the fight left. Like you don't get to just reset because you got your guard passed. You know, you have to insert those. Bad positions, escaping out of them, also just like staying cool and collected, you know, while you're have them on staying, your back. Cool like, and collected,
1: I'm keyword. always collected. I know what some I'm doing. Great, some great <laughs> advice. I don't know. I, I, I feel like every time I start getting like a slightly better position on Aaron, it goes from what? It, I think he just goes pure like fight or flight response. <laughs> I, think nah. he's, I think he's might have up kicked me in the face a couple times. Hand, like... Just throwing it. It's fucking Briar's like dragging me again. Get the fuck off me. <laughs> Or, or it is also another favorite move is just to start spazzing to holds. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that is
0: true. That is true. <laughs> I
1: don't know how
0: much. I've remembered, like, even like we're training with Marco and all those guys. Like, I'd be like getting my ass kicked for like entire rounds and then, like, 10 seconds on the clock just throw a toe hold up and i'd win the match be like all right i'm good i'm the best ever just get up (laughs) and leave all right victory lap let's do this yeah
2: yeah but like that's like an example like so after the role like looking back like you could probably take away more from that role if you looked at like how were you p- losing positionally like leading up to that whereas like if you had my attitude you'd be like it doesn't fucking matter you'd be like i got the pole hold i'm the best ever like i don't need to why look back because i already won like you know so like i don't know it's so weird it's a fine balance of like like you said mike like you have to have competitive training where you are getting guys you're like neck and neck it's a war of attrition but then you do need to be able to look back and like break things down try new positions sometimes even just let yourself get to a bad spot so you can like work out of it and get the practice in that you know some some guys in the room are so good that like they probably won't have someone put them in that bad spot in a full hour of rolling so they have to do like positional sparring so they can be in that position where they're like okay now someone is starting past my guard or on my back or in mount, you know, where they might not normally get to in a training, you know? So yeah, yeah you definitely have to mix it
1: up. Definitely. Um, now, speaking of mixing it up, so like how has your training have, has has have, how has that changed like the last year or so from like COVID back in March all the way to now? Like, I, I know you're training with like Nathan and maybe like a couple other people, but um, yeah. Maybe, Times have definitely changed. Like you, you can't sure. just go to, Hey, I'm going to go to a room and go roll with like 30, you know, sweaty males and females. Yeah. <laughs> can't really I think, do that right now. I think the
2: first day we come back to gym and I see a room of like 30 plus people on the mats rolling. And once I'll probably just start crying. Like I'll be so excited just to see like an open room of different level training partners. It's going to be insane. So it's kind of just been like, I, I there's tons of open mats everywhere. Like I feel like, I could probably train at least once a day, every single day, if not like multiple times a day. Uh, but obviously, just for the safety of other training partners and everything, like I'm trying to limit myself to to smaller groups, you know. So I have like my small set of training right now, and I have like people inviting me to trainings. And it's like it's not that I don't want to train with those people, but like I can't go train with group A and expose myself to whatever. 10 people and then goes back to like group a the next day and and if there was a case and and i had again earlier uh last year covid uh in like september so like i know the hassle of like having to backtrack call everybody like hey just so like you know just a double so you know like i tested positive like you might want to go get tested i saw you within this period or whatnot regardless of whether you experience like any symptoms or not it's like you always want everyone to be safe and like, I'm not worried at all if I caught it again. Like, for me, it was, like, a very, like, mild flu almost. Um, so I wouldn't be – I'm not worried for myself. But, of course, I obviously don't want to pass on to other people, especially if they have any, like, other health conditions and stuff. You just don't know, right? So trying to limit that, I think, has been the biggest factor. And then um, just having space. I've Like, I miss being in a big gym where you can do stand-up rounds. You can scramble, like, 10 feet out across the mat. You know, it's not like – limited to your little tiny area where if there's another group rolling, you guys are gonna just collide into each other and have to reset every like 30 seconds. So definitely doing what we can with what we have, uh, but it's definitely it's definitely different. I think to counteract that, the the no I'm not gonna say lack of intensity because I've had some trainings where I've like been really, really hard for sure. Uh but to make up for for maybe the the lack of a gym setting, I think it's like been forced myself to train um it's been nice training with my girlfriend for sure so I train with the girls too sometimes which is nice and then in those rounds like just try and like peel back on the physicality and try and work like more uh just be technical try new stuff that I don't normally do you know although like Vicky is pretty ruthless she doesn't really let you do much of anything anyways like you could be like oh we'll just go super late and then next you know she's like violently debarring me so it's sometimes <laughs> kind of hard to work stuff with, <laughs> with some of the girls but uh yeah it's just it's just a little different now you know I don't want to expose myself to too many groups of people so just trying to make through with the training we have I have a couple like different levels of training partners from like uh more like newer blue belts up to like rolling with me. so it's like I get like a full range of the spectrum it just would be nice for sure going back to the gym and being able to come in and be like I'm only gonna roll light today or I'm gonna see who's there and decide how I feel you know yeah. So it looks a little different, but
1: uh,
2: you, you make do with what you have. Like, I feel like most people are, as long as you're not like super at risk, you just, you do what you can, you know?
1: Yeah. You, so you met, you mentioned you had COVID just out of curiosity, if you don't mm-hmm. mind, like symptoms, how long were you sick for? Like what was your experience with it?
2: Yeah. So I, I remember I went to bed one night and I was like, Oh, i just don't feel great like i just feel a little off i'll was like, oh, i just go to bed early i'll wake up in the morning and then i woke up and i just felt like i had like a a cold like i just felt like pretty shitty but with covid going around i was like okay like i'm actually the gym was open again at that time uh so i right away it was just like called josh i was like oh you gotta get someone to cover like i think i just have like a cold so i'm just i don't want to come on the off chance uh and then he was like no no go get tested and I was like stop you're paranoid I was getting irritated all the time on the phone like said no no you have to go like please go right now like I'm begging you go and I was like fine so I went just kind of like just to put him at rest and then I tested positive I was like oh okay so it ended up being like uh I think I had and the worst was just at night like it was I would just wake up sweaty and have like body aches for I think like two two days and then after that I felt like pretty much fine after that. So it was just two, 2 I'd say two to three, like pretty shitty days. Um, but then after that, it was okay. And, and I've been like, like a few years ago before when the Abu Dhabi trials in Montreal, I had like a bunch of weight to cut and I got super sick. I didn't even leave my bed for like almost a, uh, a week. I just drank water. I couldn't really like eat much of anything. And I well when I felt better I had no way to cut anymore but I've been like way more sick than than that in the past so when I first just felt like I had like a cold I was like okay this is definitely not COVID that people are like talking about and then I was like oh I guess it's different for everybody right like some people are asymptomatic so I guess it like really really depends but I, I definitely a part of me thinks because we're so physically, like active and training, like it's hard to replicate the level of intensity you get in rolling doing anything else. You know, when you have someone who is trying to like choke you, and you have to like fight for your life essentially to like mm-hmm. to avoid that. It's like I feel like because of that conditioning, that most of us, if, if we were to get it, I feel like we have a better chance of recovering. You know? So,
0: yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty crazy because if you if you think about even like the mindset, like from before, like you were sick, like in bed bunch of days yeah. and then you go into a tournament or whatever like a couple days later and all that kind of stuff and like yeah. now it's like it's that whole mental shift where it's like okay i got covid i i feel okay but i probably can't go out and then again you want to go train but you can't but it's like everybody's pulling back and it's like okay it didn't affect me very much but it's gonna affect somebody else differently you don't know so you don't want to put people at risk it's just a mind fuck for
2: sure for sure for sure and mm-hmm. respect like Everyone has different like views on this, and like I feel like it's kind of I don't know. It's, it's, I see from both perspectives. Like I get why some people are like terrified, haven't trained in in over a year or like around a year because they don't want the exposure, and they're really isolating and limit them, li- limiting limiting them, themselves. But just on the other hand, too, it's like I, for my own personal well being, I can't. I, despite the fact that I I do believe that if I got it again, like it would be fine because we're healthy enough to combat it i think Mm -hmm. uh but obviously i'm worried about family and and friends and people in my circle so obviously that's why i'm like trying to limit myself but i get it i get it from both perspectives i see how some people are like well i'm healthy why should i be stuck inside like having to quarantine when i i feel like i'm healthy enough to be out and doing these things and kind of it does seem kind of backwards in a sense of like we I feel like you should be exercising more now than ever to try and like build up your immunity so that like you're healthy enough to combat this thing instead people and again I'm not bashing a vaccine or anything like my mom's been vaccinated already um but like like if you put less emphasis on like "I, I need this vaccination or I need this or that it's like if you just exercise you could potentially avoid having to need these things you know so yeah again like if the vaccine becomes mandatory whatever i'll take it i'm just not gonna be like the first in line to take
0: it um, <laughs> so, <laughs> That is a lot like... of people's sentiment
1: you, you, you know <laughs> yeah. what, though, on, you know what though honestly like i think by the time it gets to like me and you getting vaccinated there's probably going to be so many people who have gotten it already that you yeah. would know if like if there was something off <laughs> off-putting about it but like yeah. you, you, made a, you made a good point it's like okay like instead of waiting for a vaccine i'm like take care of your health take care of your immune system supplement accordingly exercise regularly don't eat like a fucking asshole like (laughs) yeah so many different things you can do and then on top of that i'm like yeah go get vaccinated get the get the get the antibodies in your system so that way if you do get covid you know you can combat it it'll be relatively minor because i know people who've had it and i I like kind of Asking like, okay, like, well, what happened with you? For the most part, you know, most people I know have gotten it. Have kind of had an experience similar to you, where like they've been very sick for a few days, maybe like a few days to a week, and then after that, they're they're good, no like long lasting effects. But I know some other people have just gotten absolutely wrecked for like a month. Yeah. So like I and they were relatively healthy people that you know they're exercising regularly, Mm -hmm. regularly doing everything that they should have been doing and they just got I don't know either a really bad strain or
2: yeah that's know. the thing too it's like I, I definitely will say that I, I'm biased just off of my personal experience and, and the people closest to me that I know that have like had it or whatever and it hasn't been too many but like we've all everyone I know has had like a fairly like mild case of it so it's like I again I don't know if that's like the strain that I was just lucky that I got a mild thing I believe myself personally that again a huge portion of this is that we're just so like we are healthy from training you know so I do really believe that but yeah it could it could have just as likely been that I just had a mild strain and that like I was just lucky and that if I had got hit with a strain that somebody else had that took them out of it like that I'd be also out for for time you know so I'm choosing to as that's because I'm healthy, but I definitely could also be biased, you know? So it's, it's hard to gauge too. Cause I think like everyone's probably put on like a little bit of weight. I actually liked it in, in one of the grappling, one of the events they did on flow. It was Wagner and he's saying how he put on a bit of weight. And even though he came back to training and is in great shape, his body just was like, no, we're staying here now. And he's like, I went up a weight class. He's like, and I feel fine. Like, I just, once I gained that weight and sat at that weight for so long over quarantine, my body was just like, okay, we're going to stay here. And if you looked at him, he didn't look like fat. He looked like still like pretty lean, mm-hmm. good shape. So it's like, I think everyone at this point is like probably like a little heavier or like not training probably, as much. So It's yeah. like, it's going to also be hard to gauge. I'm like, am I like, is my cardio shit? Cause I'm just fat and lazy or is it cause I had COVID now? I'm like, is the cardio not there? It's like, it's so many factors, you know? I think it yeah, is. I've had it's, it's a lot.
1: Like, like yeah. you're you're probably gone up a weight class. I went up a weight class. Aaron probably went up four or five weight classes. So. I don't think so, dude. You went up like three weight classes. I went up two. So go fuck yourself. <laughs> I think I legit went up three weight classes. <laughs> it depends what
2: day you catch me. I feel like I fluctuate so fast that, like, I, any given weekend I can be like twenty pounds heavier. It just really depends on like. What, I've been, eating, what I've been eating what I've been eating that. Or not. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I, I think the highest over this quarantine I got to was like 175. and then the lowest I've been was like 149. so I've jumped. I mean now I'm not getting back down to 149. I'm probably sitting like at best like 155 ish if I'm like watching when I'm eating and training hard. Uh, but before all this happened i was like i was after training i was getting down to like 143 so it's like you're just being inactive and it's like even if you go train once you sneak out and you're like oh i can do like a two underground sessions this week or three underground it's okay then the rest of the week what you just come back and sit down again so it's like you're getting that output for like three hours a week or something It's like it's not the same as just having to run around go about your day run errands like to and from work to the gym and back like yeah. It's, it's all the, the same, It's right? all the
1: little activity. I think honestly a lot of people don't think about it's like
2: walking, sure.
1: walking to the subway or
2: yeah. Yeah. All
1: that adds up over time, especially it if, be, if you're it living in-
2: silly, but it's, it's true. Like I, I feel like when they lifted the lockdown and reopened things a little bit in the summer, it's just like, I feel like everyone who was like, oh, I'm fat from quite like a weight just dropped back down again. And this as is as the lockdown okay. got put back into effect. Everyone's just like back at home, sitting on the couch. And it's like, okay, of course you're just, you don't even need to eat like anything. Cause you're not doing anything. Like, but I'm sitting there, I'm just bored and hungry. I'm just like, well, what can I <laughs> eat? I guess you know? so it's just like killing time
0: almost. Let me ask you this. Do you feel that this part of the lockdown has been harder than the first one? because of obviously like we're in the thick of winter now whereas before like you know we're kind of like end of March we're kind of getting heading into spring it was getting a little bit better but now we're like in the thick of winter and we still have like two more months of the shit to go
2: for sure and and even with the first one like I was still every like I was so convinced it was going to be like two months so for or like a month maximum so for me I was like any day now, any day now and it was nice so it's like you can go on these big, nice walks. Like I was walking a bunch, like, I don't like to run. Like I said earlier, like I, mean, I absolutely hate <laughs> running, fuck but there's a point where I was like, I'm getting fat. I was like, all right, shit. Let's like, I'll at least run. And I feel like that's the thing is I feel like I can run forever. I don't feel like I get tired. I feel like it has no reflection of my cardio from Jiu-Jitsu. I can go and be like completely gas rolling or wrestling or something. And then I say like I can run, like I can do easy 10 K and then I'm, I'm like, bored I'm like not even tired I think it's no reflection of like your cardiovascular endurance in training so I really don't feel like there's a trade-off I just think like I literally just needed to burn calories so I was like I'll go for a run like once or twice a week maximum and only when the weather's nice now that it's cold I'm like there's no way there's no way I'll go out there (laughs) I will barely walk to like the store, let alone like going around <laughs> in the winter. Just Keep the car
0: happening. for 20 minutes
1: first. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 definitely. So it's
2: I think it's definitely, it definitely was harder because of that. Like you just look outside and just like it makes you want to stay in. I go outside for seconds cold. I'm like, nope. It's better than at my girlfriend's place where like ground floor. So we like leave and go out. At my place, I'm like on the 11th floor. If I don't have to leave, I, I won't leave. So it's like there'll be days of like, days of not leaving. She's like, yeah, I'm fine here. Like, you know which is not normal we should be like (laughs) it's it's downtown it's like tiny little space i'm crammed in there with crime like it's just not like a healthy environment you should definitely be like out and about walking around doing stuff instead you're just like cooped up like doing nothing like not ideal you know especially with this weather now like yeah
0: well i i think like anything it's going to be it's a strain on people's mental health too and especially like if guys who especially like haven't been training at all or they're in that state where like I'm just going to stay in the house like and that's where it becomes like not necessarily danger but it, it's concerning obviously because mm-hmm. again what did you use did you just do for used it for stress release getting out yeah. socializing doing all these different things and that's been taken away from you
2: yeah yeah for sure it's definitely an outlet for people for sure like yeah, when you're training so like you don't have the time to think about like all the shit that happened throughout your day or like whatever you got going on in your life. Like you literally just like zone out and you're just training. You're just thinking of, of the role or whatever. Uh, so I think it is, it has been huge for people's mental health. I've had so many private lesson students like describe the training as like life saving. And it's like, I would never really have cons- like called it that prior to this, but I think for mm-hmm. some people it, it is. And like, I've known of, of people who have trained, uh, who've passed away, like, in the last year of, like, opiate overdoses and stuff like that, mm-hmm. just because, like, you're, you're at home. And if these people already had trouble with that in the past, or they're already recovering addicts or anything like that, it's, like, as soon as they're just cooped up inside, it's, like, man, I, I could see how, like, how you could go down that road, you know? So definitely for some people, it's been, like, yeah, even just private, not even just rolling, even just, like, leaving your house, going somewhere else, and putting on your geese, going thinking of yeah. technique you know interacting with someone else like talking about something other than just COVID too you know it's like it all adds up so I also knew for me like uh, a bunch of people I feel are like really like frowning upon the fact that I'm still doing privates but for the people that I'm doing the privates for and for myself it's like even, even just for teaching I, I need to be doing it like mm-hmm. the lack of structure last year was so like it was terrible you're just sitting at home like unless you're really strict with your own time and like trying to to better yourself in other ways it's like you just get caught up just being a piece of shit at home you know so even just going out there and forcing me to like learn to be a better instructor learn new ways of teaching things working with new uh new private lesson students who have different body types or different physicalities that can't do things the way I do it you know it's like it's stimulating and you need that like sense of purpose in that structure so for me the last year like if I could go back to last year, beginning of quarantine, I think I would have right away just tried to been like more productive. I guess I was, I was excited. The fact that it was just going to be, in my opinion, like I thought it was going to be like a, a month vacation or something and that we're just gonna go back yeah. to grinding hard and training. So knowing that, like, if I could go back, I would definitely just been like, you know what, like, let's stay structured with this, like keep up a good routine, like try and push more private lessons or filming maybe more. Like I definitely would have been way more productive. I, I think I was just constantly sitting there thinking like, Oh, any day now, any day now we're going to open back up any day now. And then it just kept prolonging that that flattened the curve with three weeks. It just like slowly turned into like, okay, three months. Okay. Now the whole year is like a write-off. Right. Mm -hmm. So definitely crazy now that we're going to winter.
1: I think you mentioned something very important. I, I think the biggest thing, like even for myself, like what was the most thing, fun thing about training is just going to the gym, shooting the shit with people roll. Yeah hang out, go to, go to an open mat. There's like, you know, 50 different people there to train with. I think a lot of people miss that. And like, I think a lot of people are actually, you, you don't even think about it as much. Like you didn't really think about it much before, but now, especially it's like, it's like, did we, it's like, this feels like a dream or something. (laughs) Like, 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 how are, like, do we used to train like this? (laughs) I would say the last formal class I did was actually in Costa Rica as all the, like, the world was basically ending back in March, and it was, like, it was a great class, but, like, <laughs> I've never been to, like, I think I've been to a couple formal classes after that, but, like, yeah. it hasn't been the same since that moment, and yeah. I blame, I still blame Aaron to this day.
0: <laughs> Don't you fucking try to blame that shit on me. It is all your fault, but we're not, like, we're not going to get into that. But we're
1: not going um... <laughs> we're to get into that, but it, it is Aaron's fault, um, <laughs> but,
0: well, the one thing I wanted to say, I think what's important that everybody realizes and also cause you emphasized was it was about you you're and you said like some people were frowning on you and dealing in privates, but I'm like, but you're being smart about it. You're keeping your circle tight, you're not going all over the place, right? So like the precautions are there and the trace counts there. So you're you're under you have parties that understand what's going on and you yourself mm-hmm. understand the premise of it too. So again, like it's kind of hard to argue where it's like yeah you're doing things but at the end of the day people still gotta create mental health for themselves they still have to provide the money job whatever right the government's not taking care of everybody like that's (laughs) reality. well and that's the thing like not like everybody's bills fucking stopped right so you got to pay your bills somehow so like and again so as long as you're smart You're being cautious. You're keeping your circle tight. You're communicating. You're doing the best you can. I mean, you could walk across the street and get hit by a car. It's like anything's, everything's a risk.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I I feel like, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna get into that analogy. The hit by a car. When I've gone deep with that before, I'm like, we shouldn't like, you know, bubble wrap cars or take all cars off the road because people get hit. You know. So it's like, I'm being as cautious as I can. Like I all my private lesson students, like they all understand uh, the risk, you know, I'm doing my best in in trying to get tested uh, once a week with the rapid tests. And then, yeah, I'm limiting my training. So I'm just training with the same core group of people. Um, And then they're also like, we're all just the same group of people training. They're not training elsewhere. So I'm really trying to like limit it as much as possible uh yeah for like knowledge, just for like my family friends and well I guess just training partners and families no friends these days anymore but uh but I think with like the people that you're training within your circle or like the people that you have like you come into contact with I'm just doing it for them being safe you know And the private practice students so we're doing what we can you know because every, everyone like realistically it's like most people will have like some sort of small bubble and it's like you just try your best to limit that as much as you can but like, you know, if someone in your bubble gets COVID, like, you can't be like, oh, that piece of shit. It's like, that shit happens. You know, you just all try your best. And
1: yeah, like, like you, you, know. you can't blame somebody for getting COVID. Like, it's a virus. You can't yeah. control who gets what. Obviously, like, you don't want to pass it on to yeah. other people. Like, once you know, like, hey, something's up, maybe I should go get tested and see what's going on and yeah. kind of handle things from there. Like, I think at the end of the day, I think it's just as long as people are being responsible with what they're doing, then... Like who? Who am I? Just say, oh, why? Why are you teaching privates? You fucking piece of shit! Fucking Aaron spazzing tollholds <laughs> over there. Sorry. Sorry. I think that's okay. actually worse than COVID. Is Aaron spazzing tollholds? <laughs>
0: I'm
1: not, Doing concerned, more not
0: concerned. about ankles or
1: knees. Not at all. No total no disrespect. Now, if you bubble wrap the ankle, but then would <laughs> would that make it okay? One more thing I want to ask you, uh, future, um, what are your, kind of your plans for the future? Like, do you want to open a school, keep teaching, competing black belt world championship? Like where do you, where do you go from here?
2: So, yeah, I'm excited. Like this is just a minor setback, but like, I feel healthy. I've been like lifting pretty consistently still training pretty consistently. And again, even when I couldn't, didn't have access to any hard training, it's like just drilling tons of new positions, adopting this sadly very new mindset of, of not just trying to win every round and trying to actually like uh, try new things and get better. So I, I feel like I'm, I'm just now starting to get better faster. So in terms of competing, like I'm super excited to, to get back. There's a few matches that I'm, I'm dying to have back, uh, especially at Black Belt. So definitely excited to compete. But yeah, I'm loving teaching. I feel like it actually just makes me a better like practitioner in general definitely just is like the most teaching just is the most rewarding thing that I think you can do like for me anyway. Uh, but that doesn't, hasn't like taken anything away from, from wanting to compete. And if anything, I feel like they have gone hand in hand and like becoming a better instructor makes me a better practitioner and therefore like a better competitor. So definitely in the future would love to open something up. I'm just slowly, slowly plotting scheming now. So we'll see the, I think that the, the the whole community is gonna look a little different when things open back up you know some gyms have had to close down some of some new ones are, are looking to open up so i think it'll definitely look a little different but uh i don't know we'll see i don't have like any immediate immediate plans i just want to keep consistent with teaching my private lesson students and then when the gyms open back up we'll we'll reassess then for sure we'll see where we're at but definitely not like a lot of it's a lot of uncertainty right now right like you you yeah. don't know how things are gonna look from one week to the next so I'm just trying to stay like really open and just trying to keep getting better at teaching, at being a practitioner, you know, so wherever things go, I feel like I'll be ready to be on to the next step, you know? So.
1: Last thing I need to ask you, me and you are from Brampton. A, what is your favorite Brampton story? (laughs) B, what the hell's going on in Brampton?
2: (laughs) Man, first of all, I just want to throw out there that Brampton is uh, like a hotbed for Jiu-Jitsu talent. Like there's so <laughs> many people that came out from Brampton. So before anyone talks shit about Brampton. I'm just saying. There's a lot of good guys that came from Brampton. All right. I will throw that Why out. Why do they there. keep
0: moving out of Brampton though? That's what I don't understand.
2: That, that yeah that's worth looking into for sure but uh i just know they they, they start in brampton and then they can like migrate to move out, uh, maybe move where out. some bigger I, facilities I, are I, but i
1: on brampton uh, a long time ago
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, okay look i lived and grew up in brampton my whole life but then as soon as it's just like i didn't want to keep driving downtown i actually hated downtown when i first moved downtown i was like this place is super sketchy why are there so many homeless people everywhere like I definitely was team Brampton. And then, uh, but then now that I'm down there, I'm like, Oh, I can't go back to Brampton. Like I could never, I don't know. I like it, but yeah, no, you're not,
1: you're not a suburbs guy You're a big city guy. No. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> now I feel like now that I've gone to taste for the city, I'm I like being in the city. I like just being able to like, le- like not have to drive 15 minutes to get to something, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. that's exaggerating, but like, it's nice to just literally leave your front door and you're like downtown and you have access to everything. Right. So, I don't know, but there were good guys. Like I could think of at least like ten to like fifteen, I feel like solid, solid guys that like metal like internationally at whether a gi or no gi. Like so I feel like it was for whatever reason, like I'll bet for Jitsu.
1: Definitely Brampton. Shout out, shout out to Brampton. Shout out B
2: Town, City of Shout Angeles. out B
1: Town. <laughs> Fucking town!
0: <laughs> you're just saying. You're just two out of three. Not, people,
1: two out of three people on this podcast are Brampton wasteman. Okay.
0: <laughs> Brampton Enjoy waistband. your city. Enjoy your city. Two
1: out of three. Enjoy your city. Fucking you can dump. have it. Keep your stupid city. Your fire. <laughs> well, well, if dude, you I- if you weren't from Br- if you're actually from Brampton, you probably wouldn't be spazzing toeholds all the time. <laughs> Uh, whatever, <laughs>
0: <Anyways>. <laughs> Dave, I want to thank you very much for coming on the podcast tonight. We do yeah. appreciate it. Um, is there anybody you want to thank, or is there sponsorships you want to shout out to before we uh sign off? Uh, Hyperfly, to use the promo
2: code DavidFly, you'll get 15% off your orders of over a $100. There you go. Ooh, yeah. There you go.
1: You. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but thanks
2: for having me, guys. I appreciate it. That was uh, a lot of fun.
1: Appreciate your no, time. Thank, thank you for coming on. Uh, if you also want that sweet, sweet sweater that you're wearing, you can use promo code, promo code David Fly. Right. And get yourself 50 off. Yeah. 15%.
2: yeah. Built. Built. Just to
1: build. Is that an anvil? It looked like a toilet for a second.
2: <laughs> I hope it's an anvil. No, it's an anvil. <laughs> <it's> an <laughs> <laughs> right,
0: guys. On. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Dave. Right, thanks, guys.